Hello, everybody, and welcome to another but different episode of the Yesterworld podcast. So, uh, quickly, uh, we were going to try to do a full episode this week, but I was uh, pretty much literally racing against the clock with the Great Movie Ride episode to get it out on Wednesday so it could actually be on the 1st and be, you know, the 30th anniversary. So we didn't really have time to do a full episode, but we still wanted to get something out this week. And since everybody and their mothers are talking about um, the new Avengers movie Endgame, we thought it'd be fun to do something a little different, uh, a little shorter episode, but to just talk about Avengers Endgame. Um, This episode obviously is very spoiler heavy. Uh, because you really cannot talk about the movie without going into spoilers. So you have been warned. I'll put spoilers in the title as well. So if you have not seen the movie and you do not want it spoiled for you, stop listening. And um, next week we'll get back to the regular episodes, which will be, um, you know, more theme park focused and more structured per usual. All that being said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce, uh, as usual, my co-host, who's seen Avengers twice now, Quinn. Yeah, uh, first movie I've seen twice since um, Infinity War, so Disney kind of has all my money. I think We're I saw Last Jedi that. twice, too. So oh, Last Jedi. I'm really funneling my money to uh, to Disney here. Well, they're hurting for cash, so... You know, That's so true, fun. they're strapped. I mean, they only made $1.2 billion uh, on Endgame alone this weekend, so... That's, that's a crime. So, um... So before getting into, uh, like, talking about, because uh, I want to, since you've seen it twice now, I'm curious if there's anything you took away differently from the second time, because I've only seen it once. I only saw Infinity. I've pretty much seen every Marvel movie once. I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. I'm waiting for it to come to, uh, like, the dollar theater near where I live. And I haven't seen Ant-Man versus the Wasp yet. But other than that, I've seen every single Marvel movie I think the first Iron Man is probably the only one I've seen more than once, and I think the first Avengers. But so I want to talk about that, what you noticed uh, differently. But first, um, so I guess I, was, I guess we can just start it off by overall. What did you think of the movie? Like just your overall opinion. I mean, I definitely the first the first viewing, I was totally into it. I didn't really get spoiled at all uh, versus Infinity War, where I got everything spoiled for me, um, which definitely like hurt my first viewing experience. But then after that, it was fine. Um, but yeah, this movie, I, it was great. I, I think it's probably my favorite Marvel movie after hmm. uh, the third Thor, which is probably still the top. I, I don't think that one can be knocked out of its place. My background with Marvel is that there's a lot of movies in the middle I still haven't seen. Like, I mm. had, like, a three-year period where I just stopped watching them completely. So I haven't seen, like, Thor The Dark World or... Uh, yeah, that's uh, okay. I think a lot. that's the probably the most missable Marvel movie, in my opinion, that you really don't lose a ton. Because it's probably one of my one of my least favorite of the Marvel movies. I kind of want to watch it now after seeing Endgame, to be honest, just because... There was so much of that movie right. set during that movie, which made it look good, but maybe it's not. I think they did that on not. purpose. Hey, like, we, we need to get people to go rewatch that. Or to I, go I wouldn't doubt it. It's known as, like, the black, I don't know, the black sheep in the Marvel yeah. thing. I haven't seen Incredible Hulk, which is, again, probably one that I don't really need to have seen. Um, nah, but then all the, the early movies I haven't seen since I was a kid. You know, I haven't seen them since I was, like, 10 years old, so I don't really remember 
anything. But I'm all caught up on the new ones. Like, I saw Captain Marvel. I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty up to date with what, what everything that was going on. Uh, and it was pretty rewarding, like, just... And they did that on purpose in a way that was actually satisfying uh, with all the all the callbacks. Like, there's a way to do callbacks where it just makes you want to roll your eyes. And then there's the way that Endgame did it where, like, the whole second act was fan service. So it was just, it just, it was okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because they're in those movies, it's like, you can't have uh, all these scenes set during the other movies and not have fan service. So, I don't know. It all worked for me. Um, I loved the movie. I had very few complaints. Um, you know, I, I know we've talked about it, but I, I had a handful dur- during the end. But overall, uh, top five Marvel movie for sure. Yeah, because I, I would also describe myself as, again, more of a casual Marvel fan, like I said, other than um, Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I have seen every single one, and I think I've seen all of them in theaters, except I don't think I saw the first Captain America in theaters, but I know I saw the other ones in theaters. Um, Iron Man 2 actually might be my least favorite. I'd have to think about either Thor 2 or Thor 2 or Iron Man 2. Um, but yeah, so I'm more of a casual Marvel fan, but when I walked out of the theater, I thought, you know, and not in a, like a condescending way that if you were like a Marvel diehard, this would be one of the best movies of all time because I think one of the best things the movie did was balance fan service with telling a good story. And, you know, I have a lot of nitpicks as well, um, especially with the time travel. I know everyone does because it kind of contradicts itself a lot. Um, at least it seems that way. I know I've seen some articles where people seem to explain all the loopholes, but then you see another article where someone says, no, here's all the problems and things that don't add up. But other than that, like, I really do think it balanced fan service and callbacks because they it could have really gone south if they had you know, gone too cheesy and too over the top with all the flashbacks to the earlier movies. I just think it was a very well-balanced movie of this type. Um, it was very restrained in, in that sense where it didn't go, in my opinion at least, it didn't go overboard with uh, all of the callbacks to the other movies. And it was just a very well-balanced action movie. And I think if you're a Marvel fan I, I could totally see it being one of your like favorite movies of all time because it just hit so many right notes and it you know had a lot more emotional elements than others I you know I found myself tearing up quite a few times because it just it hit a lot of notes really well and again coming from a non I'm not like the diehard fan who has to see every single one I enjoy them I do have a little bit of superhero fatigue or I did for a while but I just think it was a very well-balanced and well-made movie. I don't know where I'd put it on my list because I did really like Thor Ragnarok. Um, I really loved the first Iron Man. I'd have to, I'll have to make a list eventually, but it's definitely in the top three. I know personally I enjoyed it more than Infinity War, but I do agree that Infinity War is probably the better um, I mean, narratively yeah. structured movie in terms of, you know, like... <laughs> I think, story. yeah, as far as a movie goes, I think Infinity War is is much better as far as just working as its own movie. Right. Um, but, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this movie a lot more. But Infinity War had the disadvantage of I was spoiled for everything. 
Um, so when I was watching the movie, it was kind of like, I don't know. I just, I'm sure my first viewing did had a lot taken away from it because I already knew what was going to happen. Um, and this movie, you know, I, I will say as, as someone who does YouTube, uh, it's really hard to avoid spoilers because people are rude and just leave comments on your videos meant to spoil other people. Uh, right. but you get caught in the crossfire uh, and get spoiled, but I ended up seeing it like, I think it opened Thursday, right? And I saw it Friday, um, so I didn't have too much time where there were spoilers. But uh, I, I mean, personally, I, I mean, and it's really not a gripe at all. Um, but the, really, it was relatively predictable, in my opinion, other than yeah. the opening scene, which obviously I don't think. I, I mean, I, I when, when it happened in my theater, and spoilers, obviously. Uh, I'm not going to say it again, but um, when Thanos gets his head chopped off, uh, when that actually happened, my whole theater was just like gasped. And by yeah. the time it happened, I knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like when I walked in the theater, I was like, I, I would have never thought in a million years they'd kill Thanos in the first five minutes. But by the time they got to the planet, I was like, OK, so they're just going to kill Thanos and he's going to be out of the picture. Um, so, I mean, I, like there weren't many I, shocking I, moments, I didn't think. Yeah, I had a sneaking. Actually, no, I'll just admit, like I didn't. Like, at the same... I knew he wasn't, like, in any of the trailers, so I was like, okay. And I know there's... A, and that's... I will say this um, before I forget. I think this is one of the best marketed movies I've ever seen. Not because of the usual reasons, but because they showed so much restraint in showing anything, like, really plot-centric after... You know, we knew that it probably had to do with time travel and um, we knew it was, you know, we knew kind of like the vague aspects of what was going to go on. But the fact that they kept so much of the movie uh, plot line wise out of um, all the promotional material and the trailers, you know, I really I know it's obviously beneficial for them, but I'm very glad they didn't take the the route of just telling the whole movie and all the trailers or teasing Thanos because, again, like, I was really surprised. I knew, I guess I was torn because I was like, well, I know he's not going to be in it much because he's not in any of the trailers. But I also was knew that it would be more about them trying to get them back. So I was pretty caught off guard. His When his arm got cut off, I was shocked by that. And then I was really shocked when his head got cut off because I was like, oh, I guess that's it for uh, Thanos. And... um but yeah, other than that, it was pretty predictable. But I think, I don't know, this one was just a really fun movie. I think when I look at a movie, I think you can judge it on like a subjective level and an objective level um, in terms of like the filmmaking and in terms of the story structure and then just on pure enjoyment. So like I'd say, yeah, F Infinity War is a better movie, but I enjoyed this one more because I, I love Back to the Future type plots where they go back and they see their old selves or they you know see situations they were in I, I've just always kind of been a sucker for anything that's that kind of um, storyline so I, I enjoyed it um, a lot more than Infinity War and so yeah I guess other than Thanos being chopped up uh, I didn't see anything else coming I loved what they did with Thor I know some people didn't, but I thought it was... I like that they're taking risks, or they were taking risks, you know, first with uh, Ragnarok, where they let him showcase his comedic talents. And I just thought it was fun to see him as, like, this guy. And you totally understand, because, like, you know, he had the chance to kill Thanos, and if he had aimed for the head, and that's why that 
moment is so funny when he does cut off Thanos' head. And you just totally relate to him in that way that, you know, half of the galaxy's, you know, population is gone and he blames himself. So it made sense to me that he would just give up. And I like that they didn't pull a cheapo, um, like a cheap move where once they get back together, he's like, oh, I used my powers to, you know, become buff again or something. I totally I thought that. that was going to happen. A workout montage I was afraid or of something. It, yeah. I'm glad um, they didn't, though, because it was just funny. Like, it was just, I don't know, I... Maybe it was cheap humor. I don't know. But I just thought it was funny that it added that whole, like, seeing him as, like, this drunk. He pretty much played the Val... What's her name? Valkyrie. This is where I'm horrible at Marvel stuff with names. Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. He pretty much played her character from Ragnarok, where she was, like, drunk the entire time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Other than the fact that she wasn't, you know... Uh, what do you say? A melted ice cream cone? <laughs> yeah. Well, she. I mean, yeah, she was drinking, and she was drinking because she was so uh, because of what happened right. with the the Valkyrie. Um, is her name actually Valkyrie? Because the group was called the Valkyrie. I know that's that's. But what everyone I think calls I'm wrong. her Valkyrie. So I think it's something else. But um, and that's where I'm terrible. I'm really bad at the Marvel names because again, I'm not. I've never read a single Marvel comic book unless no, maybe neither. when I was a kid. Um, but. So well, I, you know, I, I I get where people are upset with Thor, be, just more because, especially by the end of the movie, when you see where Thor goes, because I just rewatched Ragnarok, and I do agree with people, and I I'm personally not bothered by it because I would rather Marvel makes fun movies than stick to, um, you right. know, stick to what other movies have, you know what I mean? Like if a character does something in one movie that really conflicts with what you want to do with that character later. I would rather they just make it work than shoot, you know, than, than stick that character right. and, and waste them. Um, but yeah, if you watch the end of Thor Ragnarok and the whole, you know, Asgard is a people, not a place, and Thor is ready to lead his people, and, you know, it kind of all built up to him finally starting to rule Asgard. And then at the end of this movie, he's just like, oh, I'm going to go have fun. Yeah. Um, I, give I, I, I get that that really is. But I, I, I don't care because I would rather he go have a fun adventure yeah. with the Guardians as far as a movie goes. And um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not too upset about it. I 100% thought for sure that when he was talking with people are going to be screaming. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call her Valkyrie. Everyone calls I, her Valkyrie for sure. I'm just wondering if she has a real name. Um, but yeah, when he's talking with her, I thought for sure there would be a line like, you know, oh, what are you going to do now? I'm going to hit the gym. Like I just I thought that such low-hanging fruit that they'd go and grab it, but they didn't, you know. Wait, you thought you thought what? I thought that he would make some comment about, because I think she says, you know, what are you going to do now or where are you going to go now? And I thought for sure he would say something like, oh, first I'm going to stop at the gym or first I'm going to go to the gym. Oh, and yeah, me Kind too. of like a callback yeah. to, you know, him getting back in shape. I don't know. I just thought they'd, they'd have like one last kind of punchline about that. And I don't think they overdid it. I think, I forget... There was one reviewer I think I was listening to who thought they relied way too much on, you know, the Thor fat humor. But I think it was pretty tastefully done. I didn't feel like it was over the top. I thought all the jokes worked other than Don Cheadle saying cheese whiz. I thought was uh, like that. In my second viewing, I thought that, too, because Thor's like in a really low place at that point. And then he just makes that jab at him, which was kind of like, eh. But other than that, I thought it really worked well. I burst out laughing when he calls him Lebowski because that was literally my first thought. Um, yeah. Jeff Bridges was in uh, the first Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, God. Who is the dude in this universe? But 
but but yeah, I, I I don't know. I didn't mind what they did with Thor. I didn't really have any as far as character arcs go. Uh, like like you know with uh, not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Man, I just knew I knew it was gonna be. Oh, that's. I knew it was gonna be Black Widow. Just and that really wasn't the movie's fault. It was just because one of my friends had told me that Hawkeye was so cool in this in this movie. And at that point, he hadn't really done anything other than that one scene and opening. So I was like, that, okay, they're totally going to get Black Widow. That's one of my pet peeves, and I'm probably guilty of it too. I used to have a friend who would who would do things like, oh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the twist is amazing at the end. It's like, well, you did, because now I'm going to be thinking the whole time, like, what's the twist? So, you know, even though people try not to spoil things when you make comments like that, and again, I, I'm probably guilty of it too, you know, when you say, oh, like, he has some of the best action scenes. Well, then you know, you know, if you haven't seen him in an action scene, that he's going to survive. Um, so it's like a lot of times things get spoiled without being spoiled, just because then you know that you're looking for something. Well, I know? do th- I, I do think even if I hadn't been told that, I, I would have put my money on Black Widow just because, in oh, my yeah, opinion, it would have been that. really annoying for um, Hawkeye to be gone the whole last movie and then show up as this kind of terrible person for the last five years and then instantly die I would after he lost his family. I would yeah. have been like, man, that's annoying. I mean, Black Widow, I thought it was a weird choice to kill her. Not in, like, in the context of that scene and who was there, the only pair that really would have worked would be Black Widow and Hawkeye. You know, I, I thought I saw a reviewer which is where he mentioned, like, what would have they have done if they had <laughs> yeah. sent, like, Nebula and War Machine because... Yeah. Uh, like, you oh, know, well, I don't really care about you all that much. I think yeah, it's like you're media. cool, but I, I, I don't, I, I don't love you. I mean, I, I don't know what they would have done there. So I get it because I don't really think there's any other pairing they that would have worked. Like a, like a, a necklace. Well, I, I thought mean, that he... too because in, I, if we're thinking of the same review, he mentions like Thor could have just thrown a case of beer off. Yeah, um, but I watched but... the movie again, and he does say you must lose who oh, you okay. love. It doesn't say something or a thing, so it had to be a person. Um, or, you yeah. know, a dog or a pet or, you know, something, whatever. Um, like, I, I guess I, I I have this, I think I've mentioned it before that I'm always so oblivious to twists and stuff that I always, the only time, if I see a twist coming like a mile away, that's how I know it's probably a really badly written because I'm just, I'm usually so in the moment that I'm not trying to guess what's going to happen. So for me, like logically, I would have guessed Black Widow because obviously they opened with Hawkeye's family and they wouldn't have done that if they didn't have some sort of resolution. Um, but I think I loved the way they did that scene. And again, I think that's one of the movie's strengths is that they balance so many aspects well that it could have easily just been like, let me do this for you. And then she walks off. But I love how you could tell they were both like literally fighting with each other to sacrifice themselves. And like, you know, like he shoots her with an arrow or shoots an arrow at her and then she throws like a taser thing at you know at him and i just loved how you really felt that they cared so much about each other you know it wasn't an easy thing and i think it could have easily just been like a a super over sentimental like no you have a family let me do this and then you know it happened, but I love the way they kind of kept you, at least me, going like, ooh, like, oh, what's what's going to happen? Like, I, was, I, was I mean, if they had done the it any other way, it would have been kind of unsatisfying. Like, like if because I would have never bought it that either one would have let the other jump off willingly. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, if they had 
if that scene had went like when when Hawkeye kind of dupes her and throws the shock grenade thing on her, yeah. If if that hadn't happened and he had just let her jump because he has a fan, I never would have bought that. I would have been like, he wouldn't do that. But honestly, after Scarlet Witch or after Hawkeye jumped off and Scarlet Witch was on the ground, or Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow was on the ground, I was like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. Hawkeye's gonna die. I really didn't expect for her to jump off the cliff. That was kind of a big risk because it's like, man, if you uh, if, you, if your grapple doesn't work. You just, you kind of screwed up, like, big time. Uh, now nobody's yeah. getting the stone. I was just wondering, like, because somebody said, somebody said that, and I, I was, like, if they had both jumped off or, or something, somebody was, because somebody was saying, because I, I briefly thought that, too, because Black Widow was such a weird character to kill. That That's my, I, in the context of the scene, I think she was the better of the two to, to kill off. But as far as, like, people that are expendable in the Marvel Universe go, I think Black Widow was a strange one to choose, just because I thought she... Could have just kind of kept going for, and she has her own solo movie come up, so she's clearly willing to. But as far as like in the prime MCU universe, like you know, they set her up to you know be a leader, and I, I could have seen her just kind of sticking in the Avengers for the foreseeable future. Like she's one of the only out of the original six. Uh, you know, Jeremy Renner's starting to show his age, in my opinion. Um, obviously Robert Downey Jr. Uh, but like Scarlett Johansson, I could have bought her in in the movies yeah. for another five ten years. Well, I got the feeling, and again, I forget who said it, but it really does kind of deflate any tension if she's in another movie. But I would imagine it's just going to be either a prequel or another timeline. Which well, I feel that's, like that's just kind it. of a cheap shot. That I feel like that's what kind of happens sometimes is that it's just an easy route to go. Like, oh, we've established there are timelines in this universe so then you can just say oh this is the timeline where you know she wasn't killed or whatever so i, I hope they don't but i could see them well that's the thing the but route. if it's a prequel i'm not I, i'm not gonna care i think that's the issue like prequels really never work for me um especially when they're involving like a character you already know well, because because no it's like i already know what's you gonna know, happen like you know. You're going to die. And all these, and it's also like all these uh, secondary characters. You're like, well, they don't show up in the other movies, so they're probably dead too. You know, that's usually how it works. And it's like, right. I, I'm just not going to care about this Black Widow movie. I hope they said it during the snap. At least that would be pretty interesting if they said it during like that five-year uh, interim. Well, I could see that. Um, that would be kind of interesting, but that's not because I want to see Black Widow. That's just because I want to see more of that that world like i would love to see more things set during that five-year period because i mean that was the most I, the first act of the movie was probably my favorite uh, i loved all the depressing you know we're all depressed and moping around thing and then yeah uh like i i, I don't I, I i i will say my second viewing i was sitting next to these these two girls that were just bawling and screaming and pointing and clapping and i i just it was it was terrible um, but I guess that just goes to show how like emotional people can get with, with these movies. Yeah. I didn't cry at any point during the movie. Um, it's funny. The two parts that actually like choked me up a little bit were not like the ones you'd think it was when Scott meets his daughter, that part choked me up a little bit. Um, and then when Ned and Pete reunite, that one got me. I don't know why. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I thought Black Widow, it's like, man, War Machine, Pretty expendable, in my opinion. They could have killed War Machine, and it would have right. been, it would have affected nothing. Because now, like Don Shields is still. But uh, I think, but I think because there were, 
you know, they wanted to really hit you, this movie, with a lot of emotions. So I feel like with choosing Black Widow, that's probably why. Because if it had been War, War Machine, it would have been like, oh, okay. That's that's true. I, I just, man, I'm just I, I I'm just surprised because Scarlett Johansson is Scarlett Johansson. And um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. I was surprised. I guess and I will I, say I'm, not, I'm really glad because one of my fears before the movie was that uh, that it was going to that whatever device they used to bring people back, that it'd be like, oh, Loki's back now and um, Vision's back now. And even though I'd like to see them come back, I was just I was like, oh, it'll be so lazy if, you know, because I hate it when it's just an easy thing because then it takes away any stakes or tension when it's like, oh, we can bring back everyone. So I'm glad they had rules about who they could and couldn't bring back to just add a little bit more weight to the movie emotionally. Yeah, I, I will. I, I don't know if you saw this because we, we talked about how Cap's ending doesn't really add up. Um, yeah. And there was a there was a cute just. I, I'm assuming you didn't see this. Um, there no. was a Q&A with the Russos where they, they did answer a few, like, really big questions. Uh, and when someone asked about Black Widow, they said, they did say Black Widow is gone and she will not be coming back. Like, they mm. straight up said that. So she's just, she's donezo in the Prime universe. Um, and they also said, they also confirmed that Cap did indeed live his life in another reality and then jump back over. Like, they actually confirmed that. So... Um, but, uh, but the movie does not uh, set it up that way at all. It, it does not present it that way. Point to, this is where I get, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it when movies set up rules and then they specifically break them. But I feel like that was their whole point. Like they emphasized the reason, you know, because they brought up Back to the Future because that's that in my mind has been how, and obviously because I grew up with Back to the Future, but that's how time travel in my mind, in my, you know, non-scientific mind would work where if you went back in time and you affected something even if you jump back forward in time whatever you affected then would you know continue into the present so that was the thing that really bothered me with the captain marv uh captain america thing is that i feel like the only option was that he would just have to kind of live his life seeing the avengers and everything that they went through and all the chaos and death and destruction and just kind of sit by and let that happen which he wouldn't because that's not in his character so then the only other option was that he went back and took the place of captain america but then that goes against the rules they set up well no i mean that makes i mean what they their explanation does make sense i I mean i my only real gripe is just the the movie does not present it that way the movie presents it as if he went back and lived his life in that universe uh, but but I get I get why they wouldn't because when he went back to when he met his original self in the other I don't know so like are they saying that then well they're they saying that special time travel with no that just when he or? went back to where whatever point in time he went back to to meet up with with Peggy uh once he went back to that universe or went to once he went to that timeline and changed something that created another split timeline so he lived in a different timeline from the main MCU universe. So literally anything could have happened in that MCU universe. He probably didn't let Hydra infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D. He probably didn't let them torture Bucky. He probably changed everything, but that doesn't matter. But there would have been two Captain Americas still, right? Well, one Frozen and one in him, yeah. Well, I mean, like, until the events of, like, you know, Winter Soldier and everything. 
there would have been two Captain Americas. So that's, I guess, where I get into. Like, well, that's the thing. So he did, probably did he meet himself and say like, "Hey, I'm from the future. Here's what's going to go on." I, I don't know. Well, that, those we just don't have the answers to. I mean, because you don't know what that, that's the thing, because what he did in that timeline has no effect on the main timeline. And I actually like I actually like you know those rules better because there, there's like there's a bunch of different timelines now, uh, well, which I hope to get away with, like, you know, but what I what I like is that you can't go back and change something in your timeline. Like when you yeah. go back and you change something that just creates a new time. I kind of like that more than the Back to the Future rules, because the Back to the Future rules already always... I love Back to the Future, but those rules, whenever I would start to think about it, would just give me a headache, because it's like, you know, if you if if you get in a, a car chase uh, with Biff, and he crashes his a car into a manure truck, uh, you know, then he's got to do... All, him and the truck driver have to do all these different things, which are going to change all these different things, and your timeline's literally going to be completely different. Like... It doesn't work in the way that, like, you make your parents meet in a different way and everything still happens the same. Like, you're still not going to be born as you on the same day. Um, right. So that that always just bothered me more than, than this. I like that, like, if you go back and change something, it just creates a new timeline. Like, I think that's... I, I like that. Um, it makes things less wonder, complicated. Like, okay, did they... You know, then how was he able to jump into the timeline i don't know well that's the thing every time he goes back he just creates a new timeline so he's not like specifically jumping into this timeline it's just the act of going to that point in time creates a fractured timeline because now he's changed something so events in history aren't gonna play out the same way because the way the movie set it up was like gave me a huge headache because it was just like like the the movie doesn't say it didn't happen that way the movie just presents it to audiences like he went back and lived in that timeline. Like if you ask nine out of 10 people that just watched the movie, they wouldn't think that he went to a different timeline and hop back over. They would think he went back. You know, the people listening to this podcast are probably more likely to be hardcore people. How would he even have hopped back over? Because he didn't have a giant. No, he still had the, he still had the, the Tony's, uh, you know, uh, time. uh, what, What did he call it? I don't remember. But like, I mean, like, the, just I feel like someone would have had, and this is where it's pure speculation. But I feel like, for him to like jump around timelines, he would have to have like gone to, uh, um, you know, Professor Lang and been like, "Oh, I'm Captain America. I'm trying to get back to this timeline because on his own, there's no way he would have." I don't know. I guess it's pure. I guess. But no, he had he had Tony's uh, time uh, time travel thing. Um, like they didn't need the portal to time travel. Like. When they were in the 2012 timeline and they had to go back to the 70s, That's they did that without me too. Because I'm like, why do you need this giant machine to do it? And then I, I don't, I don't know, think they just... did. I think that was more just like a. I mean, I, I guess I don't know why they needed. Well, how do you period. choose the timeline? You don't see them dialing a certain year. It just seemed like it was. And again, I know it's just a movie, and that wasn't the whole point of the movie. But I, I guess I just I wanted a little bit more not accuracy because obviously it's not real, but more. I don't know. They probably couldn't have because if they went more into the how and the specifics, then there'd be even more things to nitpick. The only thing I I agree with you on the Back to the Future um, timeline stuff that always bothered me. To me, it always made sense to, you know, be able to go back in time and change something and it affects the current timeline. But what always bothered me was the idea of being able to go into the future, change something, then go back in time and have that. Um, have affected it because that doesn't make any sense to me 
You know, like if I go in the future and stop myself from knocking over a glass of water and then I go back to the present day, you know, the it's, it's confusing, but the future me would still knock over that glass of water. You know, like if you go to the future and change something, but then go back to the present, you're not changing anything. Those are the only rules of the back to the future but do you see kind of bothered me you see what i mean though like when i mean i get it like for the sake of a movie it, it's fine but whenever i'm watching back to the future it's like okay just by the act of you being there and doing all these things a million little things are going to change yeah. to the point where you are not going to be born because things are not going to happen the same exact way and you they, they might still have a kid but it's not going to be you um it's just like that that always bothered me because it's like just by the if you go by back to the future rules if you just go back in time and uh you know, kick a squirrel, everything's probably, a lot of things are going to be very different, you know? Well, even like a lot of, even what the second Back to the Future is, you know, the foundation doesn't make sense because he would have had a lot better of a result just telling Marty like, hey, you're going to have a kid, he's going to do this, make sure he doesn't do that. That would have worked. But to be like, oh, we're going to go in the future. That's a good point. I haven't rewatched those movies in a long time. But yeah, why didn't he just say to present Marty? Because it hadn't happened I, yet. I've why didn't he just say, don't let that he, happen? He does. Like, that's the thing that always, like, I've seen those movies probably more times than I should. But that's what always bothered me because Michael J. Fox, Marty even does say like, you know, what are my kids going, you know, did they become a-holes? And then he's like, <laughs> no, worse. You know, and he like goes in. But then they go to the future and they change it. But then the thing is, if you went back to the present day, that's still, you know, that's not going to affect anything. That, that's true. Then, you know, that's true. I guess I never thought I haven't watched those movies in a really long time. That but I mean, I, I always just I, I guess I don't know. I, I just like the MCU rules better because yeah. I, they just they're more clean cut. And it's like it is a little messy that now there's all these different timelines. But I don't care as long as they don't start setting movies in these other timelines, because then it's just going to yeah. get annoying. It's going to be like, don't invest me in these other timelines and stuff. Just stick to the... Pro I, I, honestly, this isn't the movie's fault. I don't particularly love that they introduce time travel at all because it's so... That just complicates things. Like, Harry Potter did it... I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think Harry Potter did it the best because... I mean, and let's pretend to people listening, let's just pretend Cursed Child doesn't exist because they introduced time travel right. and then in the fifth book, they pointedly destroyed all of them so there couldn't be any more time travel. That was it. And then you don't you're not constantly thinking because now in other movies I'm going to be thinking, well why don't why don't they just do this? Why don't you know what I mean? Because now yeah. they they can do Yeah, that's the all problem. these crazy when you, things. Whenever you introduce time travel, that's where it gets kind of hairy. And I think I have a better a better um, analogy where uh, I was saying it'd be like if I had a son and like that in the future and he were to like knock over a glass of water and you like you go in the future and you stop him from knocking over that glass of water and you return back to the present that doesn't stop you know my son from knocking over a glass of water but would it, what would stop it is if you told me like oh your son's gonna do this and then you know you're well i mean it would because, because yeah. when you're living because by back to the future rules once you're that once you're the old marty young marty would still be there to not stop you from knocking over the glass of water oh that's right because, your other self oh, would be there too you would just be the old marty in that situation well that's why back to the future <laughs> rules so when confusing. you actually think about it just break my you can't really think about them because they actually just straight up don't really make sense um, like right. if you think about them at like the base clear cut level, 
then sure, they make sense for a movie. But once you start nitpicking it, which is yeah. why you can't with Back and to we're the Future. Talk- and to be fair, we're talking about a, a, a you know a form of technology that isn't does not exist and probably never will. So well, sure, but like it too much in the MCU, at least their their rules can completely make sense. I mean, it makes it like it does make it messy by creating all these different timelines, but you're not left thinking. Okay, well, since they did right. this, why does this still happen? Because the way the movie presents it really was, uh, and th- this is the thing: the people that are super into the movies that are probably listening to us talk about it are probably more into Marvel than most. So they probably were already thinking when they left the movie, okay, this doesn't make sense. We must have jumped over through timelines. But I've seen the movie with multiple people twice. And everyone just thought he went back in time and lived in the main well, timeline and came to the future, and that's what most people are going to think. Um, because well, and that, that's just a bit of a establish any other rules to make you think otherwise. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying that's kind of on the movie because they present it that way when that's not the way it actually happened. And I get it because it'd be confusing for general audiences if they were like, "Oh, he hopped back over," and it kind of just ruins the whole he's sitting on the bench moment. Okay, um, so he so he went back to another time period. And by going back to that period, it set off a different timeline. Yeah, so there's like there's several different timelines now because he had to go he had to go back and return all the stones. And in each of those, every time a pair a group went back to a different point in time, they created a new reality because they changed those things. So there's like five different timelines just from them doing right. the stones. Um, so pretty much the only benefit of going back in time then is that they can't really change anything. They can only get something from it yeah like they're they're, yes i see what you mean so like their their benefit is the fact that they're physically getting the stones it wouldn't have and that's why they probably established that i thought it was a hilarious joke even though it was kind of morbid where he's like why don't we just go back in time and you know yeah chokes out thor as like a baby he's like that is so disturbing so i guess that makes sense because then it would have been even there would have been even more room to nitpick be, that's, gone by, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like, they, if you actually like, it just I don't I don't know. It just creates a, <laughs> less problems because it's like they can't. Right. It's just every time they went back to a different point in time. So like when they went back to 2012, when they went back to you know, um, 2014. Everyone like now there's a timeline without a Thanos. That 2014 timeline has no Thanos, no Nebula, no Gamora, because he came over into their timeline. Then why don't they just live in that timeline? Because there's already versions of themselves in that timeline. Um, because I saw a comment yesterday yeah. that was asking, like, well, if uh, Thanos came to 2023, then how did, uh, then why did the events of Infinity War happen? And I'm like, did you see the movie? Like, that they didn't happen in that timeline now, but they still happened in the prime timeline. Yeah. So then anyways, I guess, yeah, once Cap I went back to... I just don't want to see a bunch of Marvel movies where they're like, oh, they were in timeline B. And have yes, like, I agree. You know, like Black Widow be like, oh, here's timeline B that because they did, w- they went back and they got this stone that then this didn't happen because then it just, again, it kind of def- deflates. Like well, Star Trek got away with it because it was pretty clever where they kind of were able to change the formula by doing it that way. But if Marvel starts doing a whole other series of movies, well, you know, that's exactly everyone's wondering it. about Spider Man. And I don't think they will do that. I don't think they'll do a different timeline but the thing they can do is and exactly like you said the only benefit to them is getting something as at any given time they can bring back any character because they can be like oh we just went to this timeline and took that black widow like gamora so they could go they could potentially travel back in time to when uh 
who who knows to to say before right before the the Avengers group goes off and travels and tells them what they have to do to get the Soul Stone. So then they they create come with a different plan so Black Widow doesn't have to die. Then they can just bring Black Widow to their reality and then their reality doesn't have a Black Widow. Um, but the, what matters is the prime one. So they can bring anyone back at any time. They can just, oh, we're going to go to this timeline and pluck Loki right. out. We're going to go to this timeline and pluck Vision out. And I know people will say, like, well, then that timeline doesn't have one. Sure, but if they want to keep making movies or they want to bring back a character, it does deflate it a little bit because they can bring bring back any character at any time. Um, right. Which is just, like... I, I don't know. It's a little. It's a little weird. I I think I will say, and I'd like to get your take on this too. Like of or which one you feel this way of the people they killed. I think Gamora is the one I'm the most like not happy with, just because I really loved all the stuff they set yeah. up with her and Peter. And now, I mean, if Black Widow is actually well, gone for good, Gamora is too. And we have 2014 Gamora, but it's not. It's not the same. It's a different character right. essentially. That's why I thought it was pretty funny when, you know, and actually, like, even though it was played for laughs, I thought it was pretty devastating that, you know, your girlfriend or whatever they were that, you know, the person he loved, you know, she dies and he's been going five years. Well, I guess in his timeline, it wouldn't be five years, but however long he's been mourning, you know, like a day or whatever, that he sees the woman that the woman he loves and then, like, she kicks him twice in the, you know, in the nether regions. Like, I know it was played for laughs, but how devastating That's what would I thought, that too. It's like, like he thought oh, she was man. dead, and, I mean, she is dead. And then right. they had to find it that's out all over Gam- again. <laughs> like That's not the Gamora. And that's why I think they're going to, I don't know, but I, because, again, I only saw it the one time, but there's a shot at the end of Avengers where Quill um, – He's like looking on a monitor and it says like searching, searching, searching. So I do wonder if they're going to do something with Gamora because I mean, why would he be searching for her if. Yeah, it he... even says she's missing. I, I do yeah. too. And before this movie came That's out. That's the problem because then Black Widow can come back and then you open a whole other can of worms. Well, I would agree. Like before this movie came out, I thought for sure they were going to bring Gamora back in Guardians 3. But now that we have 2014 Gamora in the timeline. Because she's still there, uh, so we, or at least we can assume that twenty twenty three or twenty fourteen Gamora is still alive in our MCU Prime timeline. Uh, and now that she's there, I think they're just going to do something where it's like falling in love all over again, yeah, which is just not going to be super satisfying for me. But I could also see them going the route of having the two Gamoras, and you know, one. I hope you're right because that's what I want. But, I don't want that because then it again it kind of deflates the fact because then Black Widow could be brought back and then you're, Loki you're right. could be brought back. Um, you're right, but know. in the MCU, I, I, I don't think they would have had a very prominent shot of him, you know, searching for her on the screen. But that's if the thing; they she could be searching. Back. She could be searching. He could be searching for 2014 Gamora, that's and that's what actually I probably what he's doing. But then I thought. I don't know. I guess I'm assuming, more, we, it was the look on his face. Like it, I don't know. It's just like. I feel like they would have played that differently if it was like, oh, I'm looking for, uh, I don't know, I feel like it wouldn't have played out with him looking so depressed and sad at the screen if he was searching for the woman he just encountered like an but hour But to him, earlier. it's still Gamora. I mean, I think I think to him, he probably still wants to find her because it, that's Gamora to him, you know? Because he, I mean, you can assume that Nebula told Quill exactly what happened to Gamora and that she's dead, so why would he be searching for her? Like, now, I will ask because you've seen it twice, because there's 
and maybe hopefully people who are listening have the same question because the one of the things I really I missed for some reason how did um, Thanos and Gamora and Nebula jump from the 2014 timeline to the present day? Yeah, were... um, the Russos actually answered that, and, and the Q and A actually made the movie a lot better for I'll me because it answered. I'll have to watch it now. It just answered a ton of the main questions I had, and they did say this, and this this is something that I get it because the movie was already three hours long. They can't right. include everything because it would just get bloated. Um, they said that because you you know the scene where Nebula hands Thanos the the Pym particles. Um, yes. They said that him and Ebony Ma were easily able to completely replicate his technology, um, and that's mm. how they traveled forward. Which it is okay. kind of a big thing to leave out, but it's like, man, how much stuff can they can they include? I mean, I made that assumption. I'm like, okay, somehow they traveled forward, but um. Yeah, and the other thing, and I, I doubt the movie explained it, but the other question that I, and I know a lot of people had, you know, because Thanos goes to so much effort to get, you know, the um, gauntlet made that can handle the Infinity Stones, and then Tony Stark is able to just, I guess, you know, spend a couple of days and make his own Infinity Gauntlet. Is there any more clarification on the second viewing as to how he was able to create his little Iron Man gauntlet. No, they, no, I was watching for exactly that. I, I personally didn't have a huge issue with it. Just, I I do get the criticism completely. I, I did, didn't have a, they made such a huge deal about like how, like if they hadn't made such a huge deal about it and maybe it was some artifact he had lying around and Tony Stark just copied the technology, but they made such a huge deal about how difficult it was to make the gauntlet and had to use the power of the stars or whatever. And then, Tony Stark just makes it in his spare time. And then also, and again, because you saw it the second time, how did he get the stones? Because it happened so fast. I never understood it. Yeah, I, I, I was watching for that. I still, I, I think it's just... Bad editing. I, bad editing. No, I, well, I mean, I think the point was they didn't show it because if they show it, it deflates the snap completely. If they show the yeah. stones moving, then when he snaps and nothing happens, that deflates that moment. But there should be a way where you can watch it a second time and be like, oh, that's how he did it. Well, maybe if you yeah. go frame by frame, you can. And I, I but, but I mean, I, I would imagine, and there's probably an actual answer for this, but my, my guess would be, I mean, the gauntlet that Thanos is wearing is the gauntlet Stark made. He, I, I'm guessing since he has nanotech, he had something that was able to, hmm. Uh, you know, transfer all the stones over to his glove as like a failsafe because that would be a thing you would want to put in because it's like if Thanos gets a hold of this, yeah. I need a way to get those stones off the glove. You know what I mean? Because uh, I was under the impression that the um, the gauntlet that Tony made that, you know, Hulk used, that mm -hmm. that was pretty much Thanos's gauntlet and he just kind of fixed it up a bit that it wasn't like he created another gauntlet from scratch. I don't think so. I think uh, I think the one that Hulk uses is a completely new. Hmm. I could maybe I'm wrong. I guess it does look. That's, I assumed. I but like, because, what about the scene yeah. where like Hulk Hulk puts his hand and the whole thing like expands? Like that is nothing like the one they forged. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like Iron Man Hulk t Iron Man tech. When the glove is small, and I remember Hulk said he was gonna snap, and I was like, how in the heck is he gonna fit his hand in that thing? But then he puts his hand up to it, and it like expands like the Iron Man suits. Yeah. So I think I that was then, completely then new. Then there's like two questions. So it's like, how did uh, he build both the one that Hulk used and the one that he ended up using 
He built two Infinity Stone gauntlets, and yet it took Thanos all of that trouble to make one. So I, I don't know. Maybe there is no answer. Maybe it's just a. I mean, Stark's a genius. Uh, so I was able to just accept it as like Tony Stark is a genius. You know, I don't read well, the I comments. It was more about the material. And again, casual Marvel fan, and there might be something in the lore I'm missing. But I thought that part of the reason the gauntlet work is worked is because it was like the materials, uh, the materials that were in it and who made it and how it was made that's versus true. technology um, alone you know i don't I that's why it worked i don't disagree with the criticism i just was that was just something where in the movie i was able to be like oh well tony stark's an- a genius okay i yeah, accept i it. want answers like i knew um, that in terms of how it was made he could replicate it but i guess and again from a casual marvel person i assumed that the whole reason he went to that planet and it had more to do with like the process of how it was made and the materials that were used in making it, that is what made the gauntlet work rather than just being able to hold the stones in your hand and snap your, you know, your own fingers or something. But yeah, I, I don't know anything about like what the gauntlet was made out of or anything. I know it was like forged with like the, that was the whole point, right? Was it was like forged with the yeah, part of a I mean. dying star? Like, was it yeah. made out of anything special? Like, I don't know. I guess I was just able to accept it as like Stark tech is, like, every, everything Tony Stark does is so, like, the nanotech in the last movie. Like, all that stuff is so yeah, far like past mythical. what anyone else is doing that yeah, I just kind of like, accepted it. Like yeah. I guess that's because it was more of the, the lines of, like, a mythical thing and a lore thing that I just, that was probably the, if I had, like, the biggest gripe in terms of, like, nitpicking, it would be that where I just didn't understand how something that, you know, Thanos took so much That's effort fair. to get made in the materials or not even the materials, but just like the, the process, I guess you could say of how it was made that Tony Stark was able to make that without any knowledge about, I don't know, maybe there's some answer or maybe, I mean, there are just, you know, it's not the point of the movie. So I could see them saying like, you know, there's no logical reason for this. So we're just going to kind of skim over it. And well, that's I'm the okay thing. Like, that. I just I think feel like if at that point, like just thinking back to where they are in the movie and how fast things move, you know, like they get right. back. Black Widow's dead. You know, quick scene to commemorate Black Widow. Then. All right. Let's do this. Let's bring everyone back. Yeah, that, that's what's incredible about this movie. And especially especially Infinity War. That movie does not give you a second to breathe, but it works like a lot of like like it's just it's insane. Like how things happen in that movie without feeling like that's so convenient. Like. You know, right. they're, you know, like, I, I think uh, they're on, I can't remember what the planet's called, but with massive Peter Dinklage. Um, yeah. They're, they're yeah, there. They're, you know, Rocket and uh, Rocket and Tree uh, and Thor get there. And, you know, it, P- Peter Dinklage in passing is just like, oh, in theory, it could summon the Bifrost. And then they make it. And then all of a sudden they're back on Earth. Why can it summon the Bifrost? Because they need to get back to Earth. But in the movie, right. you're not like, oh, that's so forced and convenient. It just works. And that movie just, and this movie too, like, things just happen like that. And that's where I think it would come, it, it would it would have grinded the movie down to a halt. Oh, yeah, if, sure. if they had to be like, oh, crap, I don't know how to build something to handle these stones. And it just worked because, like, they, it's, it's that's what's insane about these movies. Like, I remember when they were all teleporting back, I was like, oh, wait, oh, they're going back now? Oh, okay. Like, okay all right. Like, I was, I was kind of taken off guard because... It was like, oh, all of a sudden we're all back. And then it's like, they're back. Uh, Black Widow's dead. Throw a bench across the lake. Snap my fingers. Five seconds later, the place gets blown up. We're right into the third act. Like, the movie was just paced, like, 
like just I don't know whoever wrote the script for these movies does just did a really great job. Um, I guess I don't I don't need it to be shown on screen. I guess I just well that's the, there me, probably is an explanation. I need to though. be yeah like for me I understand when you have like a you know you only have a certain amount of time to tell your story. For me I just want it to be something that if you read between the lines or if you just kind of you know like you don't have to show it but at least it should be something that you can gather from other things in the movie where you could be like, oh, yeah, they didn't show it, but in the last movie they said this, or, you know, a way that you can, like, connect it versus just kind of a, like, I don't know. That's fair. And maybe they do have an answer. And it wouldn't have been just something in between the lines, something, you know, I think that's the thing when there's, like, a deleted scene that 100% explains something, that's when I have an issue with it. Because you should at least be able to get an idea of how something happened by just the surrounding events leading up to it. But I don't know. But that's kind of my other question. So other than what we've talked about, were there any other things from your second viewing um, that you were like, oh, okay, I get that, or things you noticed or anything that kind of stuck out for the second time? I don't I don't think so. I, th- I think for the most part I was able to you know pick up on what was going like there I didn't really have many questions that coming out of the movie and and you know this is kind of the movie's fault but at the same time like I said I get it because it's three hours almost all the questions I had were things that are just straight up not really answered in the movie um because the movie presents things in, in a way that's meant to be satisfying for the general audience um right but that's not actually how they happened and that's okay, in my opinion. Like, I, I, it, honestly, that Russo Q and A really solved a lot of issues for me I'll because have to look that up. because Captain America's ending was by far my biggest. Like, yeah. it was just <laughs> like think... so he made like so because I, I rewatched really Winter confused. Soldier, and you know he goes and sees Peggy and she has Alzheimer's, but you know she freaks out and is like, "Oh my gosh, you're alive! You're alive!" Um, and she has a husband and kids, and then he makes out with her niece in civil war. So it's like, if, if, if the way the movie presented it is that he stayed in that timeline, is he making out with his own niece or, or what? Um, so that, that really bothered me because it didn't seem possible. And luckily they answered it and they did intend it in a way that does make sense. And I'm satisfied. Um, but honestly, I didn't really have many, many issues with how things wrapped up. Iron man, Iron man's death, like, yeah, you can, you can, I've seen people be like, well, why didn't Captain Marvel just snap her fingers? She was right there. And while yeah, I do I agree that Captain Marvel even being there kind of takes away from his death a little does. bit. Yeah. Um, Like, I kind of wish, I really just think. She was just too convenient. Like, and again, I haven't seen Captain Marvel, but to me, when you introduce a character that's so, not invincible, but like just so insanely powerful it kind of deflates or not deflates, but it takes away a bit from the stakes because then you always go, Oh, why didn't she go in and do this? Or why didn't she go in and do this? And Oh, why did she, you know, like that's the problem when you introduce like a Superman type of character where, you know, Batman has his limitations, but Superman other than kryptonite is pretty much unstoppable. And again, I'm not a comic book person, but I think when you introduce such a super powerful character in any kind of movie that's when it gets a little dicey because then you can go like oh well where was she doing during this you know well that's exactly it and it does take it just it takes away in the sense that 
you know, he and, and the people are right that when Doctor when Strange looked at the 14 million possibilities, the only one he saw was right. one where Tony snapped his fingers. So I get that, but it's still, you know what I mean? It takes it away a little bit because it's like, well, she was there. It, it just takes away that she could have handled it and survived. But I get it because Tony needed to die because, he like, wants out of the movies. Well, he he wants out of the movies A and like B. Yeah. If I never would have bought it, meant it. more because he was the one that started everything. So he's the one that ended. Yeah. Part, you know. And also, I don't know about you, but I just never would have bought it if it was like, oh, Tony's just laying back and re- he he's yeah. retired and he's that's why he's not in the movies. Yeah. He's just chilling. I never would have bought and it. The thing is, like, I actually, I've seen people not like the way that scene was portrayed because they're like, oh, he didn't say anything. He didn't. But to me, like, I actually really loved that, that he was so that's where I started to, like, tear up because he's such a blabbermouth and he's such, you know, he's always witty and talkative and making jokes. And even when he's hurt in the other Iron Man movies and everything, like, he's always cracking jokes. So, like, for him to just be so just you know, not there. I mean, he's there, you know, he's well, like, I think so his brain was just fried, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like, to me, that was actually, I really liked the direction they went with that because it showed that he was just, his brain was fried. He was done, but he was there enough to recognize, you know, Peter Parker and then, um, uh, you know, uh, Pepper Potts. Um, so I, I, I just, I know there were some people that didn't like that. He didn't have some sort of kind of like monologue or anything, but I really loved the the way he portrayed that, that he was there mentally enough to recognize what was going on, but he was so hurt, wounded. And like you said, his brain was pretty much fried that, you know, you didn't need him to say anything to see what was going on in his head. And I love it when actors can portray that when they don't need dialogue to say like, oh, I love you, or oh, I'm going to miss you. It's like you just saw everything in his eyes, like just the way he interacted with Pepper, and and that just kind of made it more uh, moving and kind of heartbreaking to me was just seeing this guy who's always, he's got something to say, and he's always talking and making witty jokes that he's just, you know it's like the end. And I I really loved the way that whole scene played out because it was just heartbreaking. And um, yeah, so I'm in the camp of, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, think he needed to have any kind of last monologue or something well i mean yeah but then he got it after he died with the whole like you know what i mean like yeah. the recording and that was why it worked if you do watch closely because i was pretty sure i'd heard it my first viewing but i was really listening for it he does say i love you to pepper when he's sitting there like after he does the snap he, he does say that um hmm. it's really I thought like, he didn't say anything no he, he does it's real like he just kind of breathes huh. it out he's like you know i love you. you you can barely hear it in the first viewing i was like did he say i love you or did i imagine that but yeah the second time i just was like uh-huh. listening intently and he does say that like he doesn't like you know what i mean like he just kind of yeah. because he's but, sitting there that, dying but he does say it and that would have ruined it for me if he had been this i don't know if it had been this kind of over sentimental like you know i love you and i'm yeah i want you to be taken care of and I don't know. I'm just glad that the way they portrayed it was the way they did and how she's like, you know, you can rest now. And I don't know that like that. And when he hugged Peter Parker, I don't know why those two. It's funny how things uh, react differently to different people. But like because Peter Parker and, you know, homecoming and he just he always wanted Tony Stark's affection. And, you know, even that joke where they're in the limousine and he you know, thinks he's hugging him, but he's actually opening up the car door. Like, just the fact that 
he like embraced Peter Parker and and then to follow that up with his death scene, I just thought it was really well done and I liked the way that they handled the whole Doctor Strange thing where the reason, you know, he gave the uh, stone in the first place is because he knew he had to do that in order to, you know, um, in the future, it's where it gets complicated, but I was, what's the name of, um, man, uh, I always, I'm forgetting the name of the actress too. Tilda Swinton? Yeah, her character, that he knew that he had to give up the stone in order to, yeah, I loved that her too. timeline. Like it just, it was a, it was very subtle, but it made sense because that's the only way that she would have, because she was like, wait, he gave the stone willingly. So the fact that he did that, and it wasn't some big like, oh, he gave the stone because the stone was loaded with kryptonite and it killed him. It was just like this really subtle thing that he knew that that's the only reason five years from now when they went back in time, you know, it was so like complicated in a way, in a weird way, like that he just knew that everything that had happened. And I also believe that with Tilda Swinton, I also loved how like when Hulk shows up and just says, I'm looking for Stephen Strange. She right. just immediately is like, oh, you're five years too early. Like, yeah. she's that on the ball and knows who Stephen Strange is, like, that well, where, like, she's not even surprised yeah. when someone comes up looking for him five years prior to, like, I just, I thought that was great. I love seeing yeah. her again, which was weird because I didn't particularly love his yeah, solo I, I movie. Was, I like, wasn't a fan. Um, I, which I just, one one last thing, I I just, I think with Captain Marvel... I just wish they had just waited to do her movie till after Infinity War. Like, I think yeah. her being there just was... It just kind of complicated things a little bit, where you're just like, well, why didn't she do this? Why didn't she do that? Yeah, and it's like... That's the problem. Why didn't they just wait till after? And then then you... You know, they're clearly building up and, towards a way stronger team of Avengers. And, and they try to explain it where... Again, I've only seen it the one time, but I think she says something like, oh there are other planets that need me. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure the situation right now is pretty dire. That's you know, exactly like, it. Yeah. There's no, there, there really couldn't have been anything more important at that point. But I, I just, I guess all, I mean, I, I thought Captain Marvel's movie was fine. I just think they should have waited to integrate her till after this movie yeah. because just her presence, it opens up too many. What makes if, you, th- why yeah. didn't this happen? Why? Um, because, like, yeah. Thor, they did a great job of... They made him ridiculously OP in Ragnarok. Right. And then in this movie, they do a good job of bringing him back down. So you're not thinking, like, well, why didn't Thor just do this? Because he did that in Ragnarok. Um, but then they have Captain Marvel there, and it's like, well, yeah. you know, like, it just I, I just takes away from... Like, like you think back to the first Avengers, and if you if they had Captain Marvel... Yep. I mean, That's it's like... What, when you have a Superman character that is pretty much invincible and can you know, do all the stuff Superman does, then it just opens up all these cans of worms of like, well, why did, where were they when this happened? And why didn't he do this? Cause like Tilda Swinton's character was there, you know, like, well, I know it's kind of a, a retcon or not a retcon, but you know, like showing that she was there during the events of the first Avengers. Um, so it's like, okay, where was, well, maybe, I don't know. Do they explain that in um, Captain Marvel, like where she was in the early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, you, I mean, I it's not really like it won't ruin the movie for you if you don't want if you want me to say because it, it's pretty much what happens. Should, do you want me to say it? Go ahead and say it. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen uh, Captain Marvel uh, spoilers for the next 30 seconds. Well, just at the end of the movie, um, uh, Nick Fury gives uh, or maybe Marvel gives it to him. I can't remember. I think Nick, Nick gives it to her, but gives her the pager 
um, and he's only supposed to page her if there's okay. a huge issue. So she's just gone. There's really no like reason. It's just like she's so she gonna go. She's yeah. just gonna go out and help. Um, so she just never returns to Earth um, in that time. But yeah, that's where it's just like I just wish they had just held off introducing her until after because I'm f- I'm personally fine with having a Superman type character as long as you write around it. Right. But with the, with the with the way they have the Avengers set up right now, it's like you have people like Black Widow and Hawkeye and you know, and even those the, the, they were getting pretty phased out even with Avengers um, two. Yeah. Um, but but once you have someone like Captain Marvel, it's like what what's the point of half of these characters? Yeah. Because Captain Marvel is worth fifteen thousand of them, uh, which I'm fine with. They just have to write around it right. and. I just think the movie would have been better if they didn't have to explain, like, oh, now she's here, but now she has to leave. Uh, but wait, now she's back. And she blew up the ship, but now Thanos punched her across the... across the Just to yeah. get her out of the way, he punches her across the field. Like, that's... You know what I mean? Like, it was very obvious what they had to do. It's like, okay, well, Captain Marvel can't be here for this. So let's just punch her yeah. across the battlefield. And it's like, well, why I did you like just wait that... one movie? Yeah. I did like, though, that uh, Black Widow, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, not Black Widow. I don't know. So I guess I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, oh, uh, Olsen, Scarlet yeah. Witch. Sc- Scarlet Witch. I really liked the way that they gave her that moment where you could tell that Thanos was in panic mode. He was just like, you know, I, I like that they gave one of the more minor characters who had so much uh, tragedy. You know, like first it was her brother and then it was like, you know, Vision who they were in love I like that they gave her that little moment where if he hadn't called in that like fire strike, she probably would have ended him. And I like it was a really little thing. I'd be curious to know how it came about in the writing process. But I love that they just gave her that moment of just take, you know, she almost was able to single handedly take him down. You know, she was like crushing him and ripping off his armor. And I, I really I don't know why that struck a chord with me, but I really liked that they gave her that moment that character that moment when they didn't have to you know yeah i just thought scarlet witch was great in general lately she's just been really uh i I always do that too because it's scarlet johansson black widow and then scarlet witch uh which is why i I mix it up but but yeah i think they've really done a good now she's gonna have her own tv show which is probably why they gave her a bit of focus oh yeah Um, which makes me think like with loki is that what the because that's where that's what i've heard yeah is the tv show gonna be him in an alternate universe and that's just what concerns me because it's like i don't i don't want him to set stuff in other universes it just convolutes it yeah that's the problem when you when you set up the whole oh there's more timelines then it's so easy to be like oh here's a TV show set in this timeline, here's a movie set in this timeline, and it kind of takes away from the stakes of the movie because then it's like, okay, they could have just gone and lived in a different timeline. And I guess I, I it does it make it so anything can happen. Like, you can have any team-up ever. So, but like, if they the want to make a though. movie with Iron Man, or, okay, if they want to... I mean, seriously, if they wanted to make a movie with Iron Man, circa Iron Man 1, and uh, Groot team-up, they could do it. Like, they can just do whatever they want now. But that's... Which I think is like, the point. I, it's a good... Not marketing. It's a good um, business thing, I guess, because then it does open up an avenue to make a bunch of spinoffs. But to me, it kind of cheapens things. But one thing I wanted to bring up, because um, I, I felt the same thing until I watched it, 
at first I was pretty disappointed that Captain America kind of passed the reins on to Falcon because I was like, well, he's like one of the least, you know, he really has no superhuman, well, he has no superhuman abilities. He just has his, uh, his suit. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, it should have been Bucky. And I thought that too. And it actually wasn't until I watched uh, Chris Stuckman's uh, review on it that I didn't think of it, but it wouldn't have made sense. And I want to bring it up because a lot of I see that a lot online, but it wouldn't have worked because, you know, Bucky for a long time was known as a terrorist, you know, and he was for a long time. He was a villain and he was, you know, shooting up cities and blowing up, um, you know, people. And so it wouldn't have made sense from like a a real world point of view to be like, oh, here's a guy who was literally a terrorist a few years ago. He's going to be taking my place. So. I get that from the fact that he's much more capable in terms of being a superhero, but, and you know, their relationship and everything, but it wasn't until he made that comment that I thought, yeah, there's no way that that would have um, gone over very well with uh, the earth, you know, the average citizen. Yeah. In the, he was like a literal terrorist for like I, so many years. I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. In the theater, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, really Falcon? Because Falcon's kind of just, he's great in Winter Soldier, but he hasn't really been given much to do since then. So, but I mean, I I don't know. I really do think, and people are going to say I'm wrong, but I I really don't think Captain America's gone for good. Um, Chris Evans is only 37. He's literally five years younger. But hasn't he said that... I could have sworn I was looking. Was I was looking it up, and he he did say that at one point, but then more recently he said, if Marvel wants me back in the future, hmm. they've got me. Um... So I really do think like he's only thirty seven. He Robert Downey Jr. just retired his character at like fifty three or however old he is. Yeah. You know, if if he is willing to come back, they'll bring him back. I mean, they literally introduced the concept of de aging uh, in this movie. Um, so I, I really I don't I don't think he'll be gone for honestly I don't think he'll be gone for more than five years. I think. Uh, you know, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't bring him back to being young in the prime timeline, but they make a point of leaving him completely alive. Um, yeah. But I could definitely see like a series set. I mean, that would be awesome if they did a series set where he's going back and returning the different stones to their time. That was my thought because that I wanted great. to know how. I wanted to know like how literal it was, like whether he just because I assume he lived his life. But he just made sure to be at the right place at the right time to deliver the stones, because they really do leave that pretty open ended. Um. Yeah. I, I. I don't know. I. I just. I mean, especially because the one stone he has to return to Red Skull, who is his. Oh yeah. He has so much work? history with him, so it's like. I. I. I think that would be awesome. They could. That's the one thing I would be okay with is if they did a, if they did something set during like cap's life captain on the america, alternate timeline i would like be okay captain with america that. the soul stones and have it that could be like literally it's like own movie just him and the soul stones and it would probably do really well as long as it could you know be like an actually you know like a good overall narrative but i'd see that because i'd be curious to see how he would deliver every stone without be like, hey, I'm from a different timeline. You know, I'm gonna go into like Thanos in this. Like, how did he do it? Yeah, I mean, like with the with the time stones, as easy as just handing it to Tilda Swinton. But with some of the other yeah. ones, it's like, 
Like, for Red Skull, does he just show up the second after uh, Scarlett Johansson died and just say, uh... Because what's funny Here is that... Go. What's funny is that Red Skull, uh, once the Soul Stone is taken, he's free to leave. Uh, so right. he's probably like, yes, I finally get to go. And then Captain America shows up and he's like, wait... Here you go. About that. Wait, 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 wait. Are you Red Skull? Then they duke it out. Like, I don't know. Like, that could be great. I, I just don't think we've seen the end of Cap. He's only 37. He said he's down to come back. Um, I, I, I really think they'll do more with him. And I really hope they do because the, Chris Evans is, in my opinion, the best part of the MCU is Captain America. I, he's my favorite yeah. character for sure. Well, I know um, you like tech because we were happened to see not the same place but like at the, around the same time and you were saying how like of all the characters he was the one that you were really yeah. were hoping would not uh bite the dust yeah before i watched the movie i texted mark and i said my one hope is they don't kill cap and, and they didn't but um they put a cap on captain america at least for now but i i just think he'll come back rdj i mean they'll probably do something with him at some point like a voice yeah. cameo i just hope they don't bring him back completely um like you know if in five years the mcu is failing and they're like all right because i'm sure he would come back if they were like all right we'll pay you 150 million dollars um to star in this movie um but i i think they'll probably bring him back as like yeah. a jarvis thing like a, a jarvis type character um I like see that um but but cap i i would be totally fine if they just straight up bring him back i i don't care i want captain america back yeah. in the movies I'm just glad I got to see because I rarely, rarely ever see movies opening weekend because of how chaotic it is. And the only reason I got to see it is because um, uh, Walt Disney World News Today. And they had a lot of really cool events um, this past weekend. I only got to go to two of them, but they had a like a private screening of Avengers Endgame. And because uh, everywhere else, of course, was like completely sold out. So that's the only reason I got to see it. So I very thankful they put on that event because I probably wouldn't have seen this until I don't know like next week midweek when the God, crowds I wouldn't died have been down. Wait that long. Well, that was the thing because like I knew I was really torn because I'm like oh, I want to see it but I don't have time and then um, I came across that event and so I'm glad they put stuff like that on because it helps you know the you know give another avenue to people that don't want to you know sit in line for hours upon hours or be refreshing their homepage a million times to get you know seats so that was cool for me because i rarely ever get to see anything like opening night um so that was cool so little shout out to walt disney world news today for throwing that um the stage 89 event because it was really cool and got to attend the uh the luncheon with a few of the imagineers that they had talked so that was really fun so yeah well overall this is a quick shameless plug but it was really fun. A pretty positive podcast. I, I don't know. I, I it's just, I've just been on a bad streak with movies. I've seen so many bad movies in the theaters lately. Um, so many Jurassic disappointments. <laughs> the, speaking of disappointments, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Um, but I, so I was just pleasantly surprised to just leave yeah. this movie with with. I mean, I I I'm not the type to get excited during movies, but right. I mean, like that's yeah. that part. When Cap, I mean, I didn't see it coming at all oh, because yeah. I didn't, no I didn't even know that could happen. I've never read a comic. I thought only Thor could lift the hammer. Like I thought the thing in Age Ultron was just kind of like a wink, wink moment. So like when the hammer started lifting up and it's, I, I thought it was just going to go to Thor, but then it go, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I was just happy to see a movie 
and have that, like I said this yeah. to Mark, like have that feeling that I want to have when I watch the new Star Wars movies. Like <sighs> I want to be able to yeah. go to a Star Wars movie and feel like that. Like just, you know, be excited about a movie well, again. So we, we hopefully... Can, we, I wish, like... We won't get into it, but like I wish I could have the feelings of you know the person that um, uh, did a trailer reaction. He was very excited for the new Star Wars yes. movie. I wish I could be that way, but I just can't at this point. So yeah, I totally agree because I, I'm not like a huge Marvel fanboy, but by any means. But I loved that I. I guess I'm just more. I'm kind of more of a film critic mentality, and so I can be a little bit more um, cynical. But I really came out of this being like, you know, I have some nitpicks, but I really enjoyed it. I had a really good time. Like, just it was a really fun movie. And for me, maybe it's because I'm too attached to the Star Wars universe, but I, I haven't been able to feel that, or I didn't, I wasn't able to feel that with Star Wars. And I would love to feel that with the new Star Wars, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful to the MCU. Like the first Iron Man came out when I was like, like 10 or something. And now we're like, I, I it's just, it's, I, I, you know, I was never like the biggest Marvel, right. <clears throat> yeah, same here. the biggest Marvel fan, but lately they've really won me over. Um, I, I, I will, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy to have like a, a franchise again that I really enjoy. They're doing a good job with it. And I hope well, they, they took their time. That's that's the thing that I think if there's anything to learn, you know, whether it's uh, DC, uh, I mean, not to knock them entirely. I loved Wonder Woman, but not uh, so like DC or even the the dark cinematic universe that Universal tried to set mm-hmm. up is that you cannot rush this kind of stuff and it has to happen organically. Um, you know, I remember seeing the first Iron Man in theaters and I thought it was going to be a pile of garbage at that time and I saw it and I was like wow this is a really good movie like a really good movie and then however many years later you can't rush that kind of stuff you know you can't just build a cinematic world and force everything into every movie you have to let it build up organically and I think the you know 10 kachillion dollars that this has made so far kind of proves that you know if you uh, take your time and you know go about it the right way you know, you can, uh, you know, and respect, the, respect the fans, yeah. you know, don't, you know, I think that's a really big part of it is these franchises don't think you need to like right. respect the fans anymore. You just put out schlock and because it has the branding on it, people will go see it. And if the box office has shown anything lately, that that's not true. And I, I, I just think, you know, I, it's weird to be this positive. I just about a, you know, a. Yeah. billions of dollar worth franchise um but i just hope the other i think this could be great for franchises in general if they take note of how marvel is doing and better themselves but because they won't because no one wants to wait 11 years or however long <laughs> you know that's the problem everyone wants to like rush into it you know like they don't want to spend when did iron man one come out was it 2008 2008 well i was off uh, you so 11 years yeah, I guess I thought that for some reason. But so 11 years, oh, man. most studios don't want to take 11 years to build up the big movie that's going to make a billion kajillion dollars. They want to like have it now. Yeah, but just think if, if DC, Man of Steel came out in 2011, 2013, 2013. Um, 
if they had if they had just started and taken it slow from then, you know but they it was could. Also the writing and that's a whole other can but, of worms. That's true, but I mean, I'm just I guess all I'm saying is like hopefully the failures of the ones that don't right. respect the fans and the success of the Marvel universe just makes these other companies slow down, and right. it, it'll be worth it for them long term because they will get put in a place like Marvel. And it'll be better for the fans because we're not going to get garbage like Batman versus Superman and others that I won't name. Um, Speaking of garbage, did you see the the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Yeah, but did you see what happened today? Oh, Lord. No, I didn't. They announced that they're going to completely redo the movie with a different Sonic design no, they... because of the backlash. You're... No, I'm completely it. serious. I'm not messing with you. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about that offline because I kept seeing like the comparisons where someone redid the character and it was like a million times better. Um, If so, that's actually a really surprising and bold move because I thought it was uh, uh, like atrocious, (laughs) like some of the worst character design I've ever seen. Um, But that's a whole other uh, topic. so is there, are there any last uh, Avenger? I think we kind of, this went longer than I thought it would, but I think we covered not even probably everything, but like all the things I think I wanted to. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, like, I'm the one that was pushing for this podcast because I just wanted to talk about this movie. Um, not, I feel kind of weird being this positive throughout the whole podcast, but I loved it. Give Disney your money. Um, if you're still listening, I think I think we're both impressed. Um, uh, should, should we do Should we do the Twitter things to see if anybody yeah, made it to not? the end of the uh, Avengers review? A Thanos yeah, gif. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, do a Thanos gif. Uh, I don't think there's a I think to there's a, anything specific. I always laugh at the uh, King. It, if you can find it, there's like a a gif where it's like Kenan Thompson from you know SNL and. Um, Nickelodeon, where it's like him as Thanos, like giving a frown. Well, if anybody can find that, you you win. Uh, it's the all Yester over prize. It's, it's all over Imgur, but yeah, something with a uh, Thanos. Let us know that you stuck around, and um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this kind of. You know, like I said, this isn't like a full regular episode, but it's something we both wanted to talk about, and we wanted to get something out this week. But next week we'll be returning with our usual um, format. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the great movie ride because there's quite a bit that it was already like a 23 minute long video. And so I left out some stuff that would be fun to talk about. So um, hope you enjoyed this. If you want to see more, uh, I guess you could say designated topics in the future where we just talk about like a movie, like for instance, if uh, you want to hear us talk about, Aladdin or Lion King, like a very specific movie or something, uh, let us know because um, it's always fun to switch it up Um, because obviously there's a lot of live-action Disney movies coming out in the next uh, however long. So if you like this type of thing, let us know uh, on Twitter. Um, Other than that, thanks for watching and uh, look forward to more content on the channel. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, please uh, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It uh, helps us out. I forget that part. Yeah, Yeah, it really does help because I've kind of been revamping it. So if you enjoyed it, 
give it a like or a rating. And uh, if uh, you can, leave uh, some comments. Uh, leave a actual written review. That always helps. And um, we'll see you next time.